Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Mark. And I'm Eric. And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the Video Community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. In this episode, we interview filmmaker Molly Mickley-Maine. With Molly, we dive into how community is key when creating content that matters, the balance between being an idealist and a realist, and why both are important. We also dive into the need to get out of our own way to find our way in any creative venture. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. The only disappointing thing is that your corgi didn't make a show. She is, yeah, I don't know where she's at. She's been going over to, uh, she's been running around with my dad a lot lately with all of the other dogs. So she gets a little tired from golf cart rides and truck rides and being out and about. So she was passed out in the other room when I came in to record. (laughs) She also loves to bark. So it's probably better that she's not here. (laughs) Molly Mickley Maine, welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. You actually have a pretty rich history with Mark even before hopping on today, which is cool. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm sure we'll get into that once we hop into your story. <laughs> Speaking of that, so what is the origin story of Molly Mickley Maine? Even from like a young age as a kid, I would like grab my dad's like little handy cam and like make my sisters make movies with me and we made like all kinds of shows and movies and sequels in our basement with our dogs and like I made everybody dress up and do different stuff I had like a passion I just loved making videos and doing creative stuff like my whole life I was very into art coming through you know elementary middle school and all that and I got into um, high school and it was like oh what do you want to do for the rest of your life and it was I was very into mock trial and debate club in high school so I was like oh, I, I really like this I think I want to be a lawyer going to law um, so it's so my senior year of high school nice. and that was my plan and I had a, a family friend who was like you know what? you're like way too creative to do that you should check out you know some some art schools or think of doing something different so she went to Columbus College of Art and Design she was like you you should just go set up a tour and I was like Ugh, yeah whatever I'm gonna be a lawyer this is bogus so we went and it was like <laughs> pouring down rain at the tour and we're like soaked you know when you go on a college tour with your mom and you're just like I don't want to be here, but it was, it was just like the coolest thing ever. I was like, wait, you mean that I can like come to this really cool school and do all this creative and fun stuff and like make a job out of it. That sounds way more fun than going to like law school and being in school for 10 years. And then just like working 12 hour days and being miserable forever. Like I applied and I got in and I went through there at the time it was called um, cinematic arts program, but now it's called film and video. Met a lot of great creative people there. Met my husband there who also does video. Um, I graduated and immediately got a job at this like marketing agency. Um, And they wanted me to do like, all kinds of stuff for them, like uh, from an internal video side. Um, So I did like, I don't know, marketing videos. I did training videos. I did FAQ videos. Like I was like a churning out videos that are just a ridiculous rate. I think that, so I only worked there for a year. And when I was finishing up working there, I pulled all the videos that I made in the year. And it was like over 60 videos that I made in like a year span. And I was just like burnt out. But that's when I actually met Mark because I got, I I got like an email or a phone call one day and it was like, Hey, we really want to talk to you about like maybe coming to work for us. I was like, who are these guys? 
guys like looking them up on the nice. internet like i get this call like hey you want to come work for us instead and i was like oh, absolutely i would love to like work for like a video specific like agency um because when i was working for the marketing agency i was the only person doing video i mean i am now for myself but when you're working at an agency as like this the sole video person it's so hard just to like have all these people coming at you with ideas for projects and you're trying to manage it all and also explain to people like oh you want like 40 videos like by next month that's not gonna that's not possible like like we cannot right. do that um on top of like i already have a full schedule like it's just oh it was just like i was getting so burnt out but when started working for mark worked for mark for about a year and i was like you know what i love just kind of being the small like one-stop shop for like businesses i'm gonna try to do this for myself for a couple months and like you know see if i can freelance a little bit um, and it's now been two and a half years and I don't think I'll ever work for anybody ever again. I love being Amen. my own boss. Like, and for the nosebleeds, never yeah. for anyone else ever again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love that. You really can't go back. Yeah. No, it's no, once you've no. tasted that kind of freedom, it just oh, is yeah. what it is. Also, yeah. Molly, can I just say that listening to your story, like the transition from high school to college is the antithesis of what I feel most people's is. I feel like for most people, it's like, I'm going to go to art school and be an artist. And then they end up as the lawyer. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, and I was the art opposite, school. Like, no. I'm going to be a lawyer. And then you're like, oh, wait, I love art. Yeah, I want to have fun and, you know, I love make, that. make cool things for a living. But yeah. It's kind of surprising to a lot of people. Well, let's hop back to the the fresh out of college things. So you got a job in this this marketing agency, blah, blah. And you said you were making videos all the time. So you yes. were just rapidly pumping out projects. Yes. How do you feel that set you up, though, for when it came time to be headhunted by Mark? You know, you I, said you pumped out 60 videos in a year, but like that rapid fire, rapid growth. So like, how do you feel that set you up? I, I mean, I think it set me up in a way that like I was... I was very like ready to handle whatever got thrown at me. So I, I feel like I have a really good balance of seeing things like big picture, but also being very detail oriented. Because when you have like all of these projects, it's like, okay, big picture, what are the ones that are most important? What's the most important message that we deliver in this video? And then like some of the smaller details we can lose, but as long as we're focusing on the story, that's what really matters. And I think that I got to a point where it was just like, okay, all we can focus on is the story we're telling because we don't have time to do tons of other stuff. And then when I met Mark and started working for him, that really clicked because he had such a focus on storytelling and connecting with people and just like, you know, when you're interviewing like accountants and people in an IT department and you're like, oh, how are we going to get these people to like come alive on camera? But it's just about finding that story and finding that spark that really brings them alive in front of the camera because you might be asking them normal interview questions, you know, oh, how do you like working for this company, blah, blah, blah. But when you start asking questions that like you would be like, this is, this is not exciting, but like accountants get super excited about numbers and tax season and stuff. And it's just like finding those little nuggets of story. I don't know if that answers the question. I think so. No, I think that's good. And just kind of like to even like laser in a little more, like, do you think that your success as a freelancer now, you said you've been doing this for two and a half years since, uh, mm -hmm. since yep. Mark, do you think that your success as a freelancer now is because of that first year is because you were trying out so many different types of video and you had to build things so yeah, rapidly and quickly. Sure. Like you, you think that that is why you can kill it as a freelancer now because of your time there? Oh yeah. It was definitely like a trial by fire. Like, let's see, like, because, <laughs> nice. um, I, they had somebody, I think that did a little bit of video before I got there, but nobody that was just solely dedicated to video. So there were always people like coming at me with ideas for things and like 
stuff that they wanted to try and videos they wanted to do. And it was like really a very interesting experiment to see kind of like what worked and what really didn't. Because especially when you're working on like the marketing side with more corporate clients, like they sometimes come at you with these huge ideas like, oh, we want to do this and this and this, and it's going to be great on our website. And it's just like at the end of the day, like, is that what is connecting with your clients and customers? Or does that just something you want to do because it looks cool? or because, you know, you want to say that you were able to do this. So it's it was kind of uh, figuring out what works best um, and what's successful online when it comes to just like telling story, connecting with people. In your time there, did you, like how much control did you have over, or let me rephrase this. So you have like people coming at you with ideas all the time. Yeah. So how much control did you have to pick? Like, I think this will resonate with our clients and our customer base over this? Like how much control did you have in picking the narrative from the video standpoint to get filmed? Like how much control over that did you have? It's, it's kind of a mixed bag because there were, there were certainly a few projects that, that I like came up with and presented and I worked on like their corporate marketing team. So they had, I had access to a writer and a graphic designer and like a copywriter and like all of these different, like creative geniuses. Um, so sometimes we would kind of pull together and come up with like an idea for an ad or a Facebook video that we thought would just be something that grabs people attention. But the vast majority of the time it was somebody's coming and saying, we need a training video. We need it to be 40 minutes long. And me saying like, no one's going to sit and watch a 40 minute training video of just a talking head. Like just not having that control, I think was a little bit of what kind of burnt me out working there that it was just constantly like, oh, here's this, here's this, here's this. And I was like, okay, well, I don't think this will work. And they're like, well, we need it. It doesn't matter. It's like, ah, okay. You know, I was young when I was working there. I was what, 22. And so much of it too was just like, I didn't know how to direct people yet. And I didn't know how to say no. And I didn't know how to like take people's ideas and be like, okay, well, I think you're on the right track, but I've seen success with this in the past and other people do this like this. So let's try this route. I didn't really have a good system for like rerouting people's ideas into what it needed to be. And I think that working with Mark, I kind of figured out how to do that because we were always working with clients. Like when you're working with clients, they want the moon and they have like a budget for a little red wagon in the yard. Like, so so I was like, okay, I know that you have this huge idea, but like you've got $4. So let's make it work. Like I think that like working for Mark and and watching Mark do that and, and some of the other guys worked with was able I was able to kind of see like oh that's how you like rein in a client like that's how you like to take someone's big pie in the sky ideas and tell them they're not going to get that without them being disappointed and being like oh well, well I'll just go with somebody else like it's, it's tricking still, them into, still making into them less <laughs> still making them feel like it's their idea yeah 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 exactly <laughs> Making them feel good about getting less. Oh, man, what an art form that is. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, we say a lot on this podcast that most of filmmaking is just problem solving. And I feel like that's problem number. I think that is problem number one that almost always needs to get solved. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. They want Hollywood level production, but with backyard shoestring level budget. All right. Well, let's let's just. It's going to be. It's so simple, though. It's just going to be like two shots, you know? Yeah. Or like I'll have people send me like Nike commercials as like inspiration for their project. And I'll be like, okay, you have nice. like a thousand dollars you want to spend. <laughs> so I let's look on YouTube and see what we can find for different inspiration here. Like getting two yeah. models like this will cost more than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's another thing too, is that like when you start talk like with a client, they have no like they don't realize that like talent costs 
money and they're just like oh yeah we could get some yeah. people to do this and that and it's like okay well you like that's not the budget we'll have to like build like in. you probably have some and then they're like right that you could just yeah yeah so it's always just like there's got to be someone that works here that's not too shy that's willing to be on camera and that's always fun too is like trying to find the little actors within the uh the company that want to yeah. be in the video i want to go back and touch on something that you said just a bit ago about like someone sends you a nike commercial but you have oh, yeah. a thousand dollar budget Right. Like, how do you how do you go through that communication process like with that client? Start to speak the same language with them. You know, I always try to get a grasp on people's budget before we start talking about any other anything else. And most clients don't want to talk budget first thing. They'll they'll call me and they'll be like, oh, well, we want to do a video and we want it to be about this long and we want to show this, this and this. And we have all these ideas. And I'll be like, okay, like what kind of budget are you thinking? And they'll be like, oh, I'm not sure. Why don't you just give us a quote? And it's like, well, (laughs) I can give you like the cheap quote, the medium quote, or the like Nike commercial quote that you want and you're not going to like it. So it's like about, (laughs) so I always try to frame it like that. Like, okay, well, what you want, I think is going to be about this much, but I could, uh, like, I usually build out like three quotes, like a small, medium and large for people, especially when they're like, Oh, we don't have a budget because everybody has a budget. They just don't want to tell you what it is. <laughs> and it's like, it'd be so much easier if you just told me straight up what your budget is. Cause I'm not going to like, if you have a higher budget, I'm not going to be like, yes, I'm taking that money. Like, no, I'm going to be like, Whoa, you've got plenty of room. We can do extra stuff, but here's what like it would, I would, charge for this but yeah like just just setting people's expectations is always hard because you know you try to get people's budget you try to get their time frame as well because sometimes they're like oh yeah we'd like it by i don't know next week and it's like when are we gonna film oh well jerry's not back in the office for another month so it's like exactly like Uh i feel like i hear that one a lot or like oh so and so this very important person is traveling for two weeks it's like well they're only here one day for two hours and they don't have time for an interview. It's like, oh, don't, all right. That's they, they don't even want to be in the video yeah. too. I, I feel like that's a common one. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? And then you're there to film somebody and they're just like, like, why am I here? What am I doing? What are you asking me? Oh What's this God. for? And it's your like, fault. It's, it's like, your fault. You're like, you're, you're the asshole for like, sorry. Putting yeah, camera. exactly. Yeah. It's like Jen from HR yeah. set this up. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They're like, nobody told me what I was doing here today. They just told me to show up. Yep. Well, you know, it's like we have a we like we have a phrase that we talk about all the time. Like people are begging to be led. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone. Like I don't care who you are. Everybody has a small sense, but like especially as a video expert and not just a service provider, it's our duty as filmmakers to lead our clients and to tell sure. them, you know, in a nice way that makes them. This is <laughs> feel what like you want. Exactly. Yeah. They're expecting us to tell them what they need. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do a good job of. Like, I know you said like you, you know, grew as a director, but like you always just, you know, I don't know if it's the lawyer side in you, but like, (laughs) you know, and I think that's such a valuable trait to have and telling them more or less like, Hey, I'm the expert here, you know? Yeah. Like, trust me, I'm going to make you happy. You're going to like what I give you. It's not going to be what you thought, but it's going to be some, in some ways way better. <laughs> Let's shift here for a second. And I, I think something that would be really fun to talk about is the fact that your husband also does video. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So what's that dynamic like? Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. The The big dream is to eventually one day that like we, we both can, can work together, but we do a lot of like, you know, side projects and passion projects together. And we, 
I mean, we started working together before we were a couple um, on projects and 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 videos and films and um, in college. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we have a good time. We we also have a really good like close knit group of friends that we produce. We we make films together. Um, we just actually last weekend had a kind of online premiere of a, a film that we had just finished. It took like. It was a short film, 20 minutes or so in length. And it took, you know, a year and a half, two years to make. And we filmed last October, but then with the pandemic and everything, it took a little over a year to get post-production done, but it was fun. I was the producer and the AD on, on that shoot. And it was just, I don't know. It's a lot of fun to work with your friends. It's a lot of fun, I think, to work with my husband. (laughs) Um, We used to do weddings and stuff. We don't really do weddings anymore, but it's, it's fun when you are working with somebody who, kind of understands your brain so you can just like look at them a certain way and be like hey can you in the blah blah and like just stumble over words and not say a full sentence and they're like yeah yeah yeah, i got you like it's just like being on the same wavelength like if you see something cool happening and you want to say oh like let's go over there and get that shot and get some coverage and you just like hey do you in the there's smoke and fire and they're like oh for sure got you and they go over and get exactly the shots that you were wanting like and oftentimes when we're like working together i'm like i'll just he's he's a great cinematographer so I often just like you film I'll decide what needs to be done and make the decisions and you just make it happen um so it works out really well that way it's a lot of fun nice I mean you touched upon the importance of community you said you had a tight-knit group of people yeah. to make films with and that's I mean obviously you know as the founders of the video community yeah. <laughs> community is literally the cornerstone of what we believe in but it's it's just the most recent a long line of examples how important it is to find and build a community because that's how you create yeah you know, that's how and like you guys help each other like filmmakers helping other filmmakers creatives helping yeah. creatives it is so 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 important to growth and, and it's an opportunity yeah and it's like you can't in this industry you cannot get anything done on your own like y- you can but like you, y- if you have like a, a big dream or a big project like you can't you can't do this kind of stuff on your own like yeah i'm a one-woman show and i go out and work with corporate clients a lot and make facebook videos for them or stuff for their website but i also have a, a couple women that i work with in columbus when we have our whenever we have a client that comes to us with a project that's too big for one person to handle we work with each other to make it happen but yeah the, the group of friends that we when we make films together it's always like uh my friend sam is like always the writer and director and he always has these just great ideas and he'll be like so i made another script and we'll be like yes what is it next like he's really good at identifying everybody's kind of strengths and slotting people into roles that that fit those so he wrote this script for this film it's called valancourt hall he wrote it about uh, i don't know a year and a half two years ago um sent it to all of us and we're like we got we got to make this and it's like like i don't know like an 18th century like gothic horror like not horror but like suspense nice. like kind of a play on um Edgar Allan Poe style stories that like Super there's a cool. spooky castle and a woman who is haunted by ghosts and it's just like it kind of turns turns that on its head so it's fun but he sends us a script and it's like everybody's like oh this is sick this is great and i'm like logistically like where are we going to find a castle boys? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> like who's got 18th century costuming? Like, cause most of the Gosh, time you sound like Mark. That's such like, a, you definitely like, work with Mark. Everybody's like <laughs> pumped up ready Mark to go. Answer. And I'm like, okay, hold up. Let's think <laughs> about this. What kind of budget do we have? So that was when uh, we started talking about it. When my friend Sam, the writer and director for the project, he was like, okay, so Molly, you're going to produce. And I was like, oh, well, I've never really produced. He's like, yes, you have. You're great at it. 
it's just what you always do <laughs> organizing things making sure that we're all on track and I was like okay I, I guess I can give it a try and then we got closer to the filming date and he was like you're gonna ad and I was like I I don't know what that means he's like you're gonna be on set you're gonna keep everything moving tell everybody what to do and I was like oh okay <laughs> I'll do it and I just I I loved it that's where I thrive it's just like making my clipboard and my walkie-talkie and just like telling everybody Heck where they yeah. need to be like asking people to get things and making sure we're on time on schedule Quiet on set yeah exactly Gosh. like we got done it was like we filmed two like 12 or 14 hour days back to back over one weekend because a lot of so so Sam the writer and director he lives in California our other friend Kenny he lives in Nashville so we had people coming from all over so we're like we got to do this in one weekend and it was just it was chaos but we got it done and the end of the weekend my husband's like oh that was great I had so much fun I was like I just yelled at people for like a year (laughs) straight like I am done doing all of this like um but it's been about a year since we wrapped filming and we just saw like you know the final cut is done and I'm like that was great I'm ready to do it again I need a little break from organizing and telling people to be quiet and go somewhere else like yeah um you're definitely a mark protege here <laughs> like i just like i'm just seeing parallels being drawn I'm like, yep you work with mark that's for sure yeah mark definitely was a huge uh mentor and influence i think on my style of working it's like oh this is great hold on let's think of the details how's this gonna happen it's a puzzle we can put it together and make it work but like <laughs> A lot of uh, a lot of my friends and the different videographers and creatives I work with, I think that's a that's a big thing. Is just like I have an idea, let's go, and I'm more of like a ha- like let's make a plan. Like where's the roadmap yeah. to get us where we need to go? Let's slow down. Like I'm always pulling people back. Like all right, let's figure it out. We can make it happen, but like slow it down. Yeah, <laughs> let's be and realistic. you know what? I, I feel like it's easy to villainize that person. Like oh, being oh, such yeah, a downer. Like you downer, know, it's like but... like oh geez, like well, why are you being so blah blah blah? But I tell yeah. you what, like the two. You have to work in tandem. You you need oh, for sure. And this oh, is maybe yeah. some bias because I'm definitely the person that's like, <laughs> like with the half a gallon of gas, we can make it to the moon. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm like just exactly. I'm, I'm happy you brought that up, Caleb. Before I had to throw you under the bus. You know? <laughs> yeah, Mark loves doing that. No, but it, but it's like but I'm that guy. But it's like it's important because like to me, you need both are like in yes. essential ingredients yeah. because you need the person that can see beyond limitations because otherwise you won't get there. Yeah. But you also need the person that's like sees where the limits are because like that's how you find the workarounds. You that's have to you know where the them. obstacles are in place. You need yeah. to know that they're there because you can't work around them otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So it's like when we start these big projects, you don't you don't see the obstacles like you know, how are we going to get money? How are we going to find costumes? How are we going to get a crew? Like you don't start thinking of those things. You're just like, we're going to make a movie. It's going to be great. I I feel like when you have somebody that's saying they're like, "Hey, wait a second. <laughs> what about a castle where are we gonna find one of those like it's it's something like when you when you start with that kind of mentality of like oh these are the things we need to figure out it's not like the week before filming and you're like well we don't have costumes I thought we'd be able to get those but it didn't really come together like you gotta have like the engine that's just going but then you also have to have like the conductor that's kind of directing which way to go with it Oh, for sure. An idealist and a realist. You need yeah, them for both. sure. Both <laughs> in that. tandem. I tell you what, you put them together, and I do believe, and I know this from experience between the three of us, you can make some unstoppable stuff. Yeah, for sure. And like, man, it's not about not being a dreamer, you know, and not like setting big goals. Oh, here we go, Mark. We get it. I'm going. I'm No, Mark, go, go for it. <laughs> Represent us. But how many people in our industry do you see who's just like, man, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to go to to college or I'm going to do this. And like, 
it's just they just like to talk and it's easy to yeah. talk. It's yeah, easy to sure. dream. Yeah. It's easy to have an idea. It can be a headache. Yeah. To actually go out and execute on that idea. But like if you do not execute, then what's the idea of even dreaming? Yeah. For me, I'm like, no, like, okay, if we're going to move someplace, like, well, then let's talk about the possibility of moving. But if we're not, then I don't even want to think about it. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> and I think the and to expand on your point there is like to even then be able to execute, like you can't just execute on a big idea. Like you have to break yeah. it down. Like you always yeah. have to break it down. And that's exactly what you guys are talking about is like, you got to find the steps, actionable tasks and the milestones and all that stuff. Oh, for sure. And it just goes back to the community aspect. Like it takes a village. Any movie worth its salt was made by a dedicated group of people, not an individual, but a group. So the community aspect, and that's why like diverse community as well, like the realist needs the idealist, the idealist needs the realist, you know what I mean? Like you need the writer and the director, you need the cameraman, you need like all these these roles filled both psychologically and just physically in the sense that this job needs to get done. And it's like all those things coming in harmony together. That's what makes all the difference in gets anything done yeah you need somebody on set that when somebody says ah it's fine we'll fix it in post you need somebody say no it's not (laughs) gonna get fixed in post we're gonna reshoot it (laughs) take two take 29 we're gonna do it one more time this isn't getting fixed in post like don't put it off that was the thing we ran into a little bit with the film was like oh well in post we'll do this this and this and i was just like how like who with what budget like um so it's like you know balancing that and when you're on a time crunch and you're on set and you're trying to get stuff done it's like ah you know we'll figure it out later we'll fix it in post somehow it's like no we can fix it in post and it'll take eight hours or we can just reset do one more take now use five minutes get it right and then we don't have to spend eight to ten hours in post trying to correct it (laughs) or it's not fixable in post like yeah it's just not that is out of focus you don't just Fixed focus in post. Yes. That's not how it works. <laughs> no. Like, not everything is fixable. Come on. You can make things out of focus in post. But yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you yeah. got a Photoshop for video? My favorite one. Um. Oh, yeah. Or when you're videoing with a with a client specifically and they're like, older guys be like, can you give me more hair? And it's like, no. Like, can you drop <laughs> yeah. five pounds off me? Or like, people are asking, like, you're filming nope. interviews and they're like, what's my bedside? Can you make me look thinner? Or can you make my hair? Di-? Like, and I'm like, no, like somebody could, but not in my budget. Like this might be bad, but if it's too much of a pain in the ass, the answer is just no. Oh, you for sure. Post? Nope. Sorry. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, but so to bring this previous concept back to even being like a solopreneur or filmmaker, like it's still the same type of thing. Like you with your community around you, your yeah. community of other filmmakers, like you can bounce ideas and things off of them or like, you know, this client just brought to me this like nike level commercial like you run yeah. past some friends ears and like the idealists or the realists and whatnot around you can help you like balance yeah, all that for out sure. and, and to just i feel like the solo entrepreneur the solo filmmaker just just sometimes you need to just vent like yeah, sometimes you yeah. just have to be like you man you would not believe what this lady wants me to do with her video. Like you would not believe what this company is saying. People just be able to relate to on that. Yeah. Even just to like, I I think that's important too, to just have somebody to just, just vent to, to just let it out. It's important to bounce ideas off somebody, but it's also important just to like, let someone, you know, have someone there to like, let some steam off and just be like, cause sometimes you just like, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you got a hot head and you like, cannot 
send that email or you cannot return that yes. phone call because you're like, I'm yes. going to, I'm going to ruin this project for the client. I'm going to ruin it for myself. So just being yeah. able to call somebody or talk to somebody and just be like, to release get that this out. elsewhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I feel better. And then I can call like, hi, Susan, I saw your email Let's discuss <laughs> instead of just being like, are you crazy? Like <laughs> Gosh, already over budget. Now you want more filming? Like has you chain smoke in the corner? All right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you touched upon something that, like, I don't feel like it's emphasized enough about the community aspect, and that is the emotional part. Yes, the emotional for sure. aspect of community. Like, you're right. Like, you need people who can empathize, who can yeah. relate, who you can talk to, who you can vent to. Like, as a solopreneur and as any freelancer in any line of work, it is so easy to get siloed into your, like, lonesome life. Yeah. Like, clients are not your friends. Yeah, I mean, it can be. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're your clients. There's a work relationship. You need fellow filmmakers. Mm -hmm. You need fellow creatives, people who you can just sit down, crack a cold one. You know, just be like, man, this has been my experience this week. It's been a week. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that also leads to like problem solving. Like I know with the three of us, we always say, all right, no business talk tonight. We just, we're just going <laughs> to hang out and be friends. We're just going to hang out and be friends tonight. We that can't. never no, works, does it? It yeah. never no. ever <laughs> works. It never works. At least if we're lucky, it's 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And then it's back to just like businessy chat, but it's so cathartic. Like it is, yes. it does create it, peace. Yeah. And it is a problem solving thing too, because sometimes when you're, when you're just so in your own, in your own headspace and in your own groove of like, this is how I always crank out projects. It's how they usually go. And then you hit a bump and it's like, oh man, I haven't had to deal with a problem like this in a year or so. How did I fix it back then? But like you start talking with another friend or somebody else who is in the the same field as you. And they're like, oh yeah, this happened last week. We just did this and this instead. And it was like, why couldn't I see that? Like sometimes when you're in your own lane, like it's so hard for you to just find a solution to like the simplest things or like when you have the emotion of like being frustrated with with a project or a client or or anything it's just so hard to just like clear your mind and just see what's the, you know the solution that's right in front of you so i think yeah. that just just being able to like you wouldn't believe what's happening blah 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 and them saying like oh that's crazy what that happened to me two months ago, here's what we did to fix it. And it's just like, oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's actually a pretty decent compromise. But yeah, I think that, I think that that's something that just, just being in your own, being alone is just such a, just a hard thing when you're, we're an entrepreneur, when you're running a business, when you're working with clients, when you're being a creative in general, having that community, having a a balance, (laughs) like having the, uh, the dreamers and the realists, like, I think it's just, it all has to work together and just has to flow in that sense. And it's perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we can learn so much from each other if we just sat down and chatted. I mean, just Mm -hmm. the, the education of community, just getting a different perspective. It's just like what you said. Like when I usually run into this problem, I go through A, B, and C, right? But then you come up and you talk to someone else and they're like, well, we try Q, R, and Z. And you're like, oh, like, oh, what an wow. interesting different take. And that actually is 10 times easier, more efficient, yeah. and the client will love me even more. For sure. <sighs> yeah. That's the power of community. That's yeah. the power of of breaking out of your like one track soloness and and being surrounded by like-minded individuals. Absolutely. Was, I mean, I'm so fired up. This is a great time. <laughs> I was just like, look at us. Look at that. We're figuring stuff out. We're talking. Yeah. Like <laughs> changing the world. Changing the world. 
Molly, so usually when we're getting close to the end, one thing we love to do is get a fresh, hot take piece of advice. Oh, gosh. Oh. So what piece of advice would you give to a filmmaker just starting on the path or someone who's doing something they hate? <laughs> They're becoming a lawyer when they've always wanted to be a filmmaker. What would you tell them to help motivate them to switch into what they want to be doing? I think that we've already covered the importance of community. So I'll stay away from from that. But I think that it's important whenever you're starting on any journey, whether you're starting off to do something or you're changing your direction, something is to just kind of, if you can, do it your own way. There's no rule book or guidebook that says you have to start a business like this. You have to make a video like this. Nobody has it figured out. Like everybody is making their own paths and doing what they want. And if you just keep focused on doing things the way you want to do it, that's going to make you happy, that's going to make you feel good about yourself, people are going to want to work with you. It doesn't matter if you're doing your process a little bit differently. It doesn't matter if you're not a total, like, I'm not a big gearhead when it comes to, like, camera equipment. Like, I just... You know, my husband will be like, oh, here's a good camera. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll learn how to use it. But like, you know, it's not always about the technical stuff. It's not always about, uh, you know, doing things the same way it's been done before. Like, don't be afraid to do things a little bit differently and forge your own path because that is what has made me the happiest (laughs) in in my own business and in my own life is when I decided like, you know what, I'm just going to do it my own way and figure it out. And every day try to do what's going to make me happy. Don't be afraid to do it differently. Make yourself happy and chase your dreams, kids. <laughs> that is a solid Mike. piece of advice. Drop. Mic that. drop. And I'm also running out of water in my glass here. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then perfect, guys. We yeah. timed it perfectly to the water glass. Nice work. <laughs> nice work. But in all seriousness, Molly, that is a great piece of advice. Listeners, take heed. That's absolutely true. And just to recap this episode, if you're a realist, find an idealist. If you're an idealist, (laughs) find a realist. No matter what you are, find community to create and be creating. Pursue, do it your own way. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid for trying something in a new way. Just go for it and find your happiness through that. Molly, it's been great having you on. Thank you guys so much. This was a blast. Molly, how can people follow you? Oh, yes. How oh, can people follow yeah. Um, I have not been good at social media really since the pandemic. That's been kind of thrown out the window. But you can find me on Instagram at Molly Mickley Media. That's M-O-L-L-Y-M-I-C-K-L-E-Y Media on Instagram. And that's probably the best place. I need to get back into Instagram a lot. Follow this woman. Follow her adventures. And when she's ready to start posting again, you'll know more what she's doing. <laughs> All of you stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.